0: to highlight the capabilities of 3D printing to a larger chunk of the global industry players, there is more that needs to be done to accelerate its adoption. And as a special effort, AM Chronicle and EOS have come together for an extensive program with a series of knowledge sharing activities over the next few months. Diving deeper into applications of 3D printing in manufacturing, education, engineering, aerospace, defense and government sectors by promoting success stories from end-users and technical know-how directly from Indian and global industry experts. This initiative will include informative webinars, podcasts, and content. And what better way to commence than to host the man who has seen the Indian 3D printing industry grow since its inception. Welcome to the first episode of AM Infocast series on accelerating additive manufacturing adoption with EOS with Aditya Chandavarkar, co-founder of the Indian 3D Printing Network and me, Abhishek Gokarn, marketing head at the Indian 3D Printing Network. Our guest on this episode has been in the Indian 3D Printing industry since 1996. Prakasham Anand is the country head of EOS India. He has been with EOS since 1998, ever since EOS began operations in India. With over 23 years of experience in the industry, Mr. Anand heads the Indian business and leads direct sales and channel partners in India and ASEAN region. He has been instrumental in introducing EOS 3D printing technologies and developing a market for EOS RP systems, software and consultancy services in India and Asia directly and through distributors. Prior to joining EOS, Mr. Anand was a country sales manager for Helisys Inc. USA and worked with CAD Centre India Private Limited. So let's begin. Over to you, Aditya.
1: Thank you, Mr. Anand, for joining us on this uh, podcast today.
2: Thanks, Aditya
1: you have been part of the 3d printing industry since 96 you know at a time when india had not really heard much about this technology uh, so as an engineer what made you take this decision to join the industry
2: yeah um, i probably want to take you back to 96 where you know we if you remember the year those times people were trying to adapt from a drawing board to CAD Even uh, the 2D and 3D CAD has been starting up in India. And um, typically, the manufacturing industry was also adapting CNC and other things. So, as an engineer, I've been pretty close to designing or the design portion of it. And uh, for me, when I looked at 3D printing at that time, which predominantly was... uh, designer's tool, because most of the things have been used in prototyping, I felt that uh, this generative way of manufacturing could—it was very interesting, because uh, most of the time we were learning the subtractive way, how to do that. And I really felt that this generative process uh, had uh, ha- it was looked more like an extension of the design, like CAD. And... Um, And also, you know, when I come from mechanical engineering and most of the time people associate mechanical engineering to, uh, you know, machineries with oils, greases, coolants and other things. And I found this is a very clean technology and uh, manufacturing technology. And uh, it really uh, sort of enthusiasts me uh, as an engineer. To really stick on to my core domain of mechanical engineering, uh, so I would say this generative process uh, really uh, caught the attention of many people, but uh, you know, but more in the product development side because it was mostly used for prototypes.
1: Yeah I think that gives us a good uh, you know background about how how you've been part of this industry and you have been one of the main drivers of AM adoption in India for the past 20 years you know and do you feel engineering companies are making enough use of additive manufacturing to improve their design capability and productivity and if not you know what can they do to increase adoption of this technology
2: I think that's a very interesting question and an important question also because uh, the knowledge of 3D printing um, has not really uh, exploded in a very big way in India. Uh, though in pockets, people have started adapting 3D printing in many industries. Uh, but uh, the key problem has been that uh, 3D printing A has no, is not being taught in the, in, the, in the college as a mainstream manufacturing subject. Uh, second is uh, very little uh, information is available with industries on how 3d printing can help them and support them and thirdly uh, i always say this in many forums that every industry today understands that 3d printing is very important to take those companies for the next 20 30 years but very little time has been given by industries to Learn what 3D printing can do to them. This learning uh, or this uh, sort of knowledge uh, uh, gaining is very important. Uh, If you see many industries, people like, for example, when you talk about CNC and other things, companies did send their engineers to go learn CAM programming. Companies did send their engineers to go and learn Uh, you know, AutoCAD or ProE or any of these softwares, you know, in the past, if you don't look last 20 years ago. And companies did spend time and money to send their engineers to learn these CAD, CAM, CAE, all these things. But I have not seen a dedicated approach by any companies in India um, in the the last five or ten years where they are sending their engineers to upskill themselves, you know. So, until this uh, upskilling is happening, either from the industries or even government programs, you know, and unless this upskill is happening, the adoption of 3D printing will happen, but will happen in small trickles. And this is the challenge today. And this is where, you know, companies like us uh, we are trying to see how we can develop training programs and you know upskilling programs to different industry segments. And that's one of the reasons our department, which is the Additive Minds, uh, is really working very hard um, with many uh, MSME clusters and also with many in- institutes, trying to develop and sort of deliver such programs. Because without learning you cannot adapt all these type of technologies. So, to answer your question again, uh, yes, there has been, there is adaption in many industries, but in trickles. And unless industries spend a considerable amount of time to train their engineers in this, uh, they also might not really uh, explore the full potential of this technology itself.
1: Yeah, I think that's an interesting viewpoint, you know, where... I think training from the grassroots is what is going to really help further adoption of this technology. I think that's an interesting, uh, you know, thing. Which I think, as you, I, I would agree with you that not a lot of companies have really focused on this. And I think there is a need definitely to, you know, work on the training aspects. Yeah, it's uh-huh.
2: not it's not new to these companies because if you see the adoption of CAD, three uh, D modeling, and other things, companies did send their engineers for training. Uh, same way in CAM programming, they did send their engineers for training before they adapted these things full-fledged. But this this sort of a focus is not there in 3D printing, and 3D printing is another manufacturing process itself, just like casting or forging. So companies need to spend time to learn them.
1: Yes, maybe there is a need to a uh, you know for a focused approach. Uh, in the near and long term for this to push the industry so i think definitely that's something to look for for everyone in the ecosystem uh, should should spend time on this so yeah. uh, you know uh, if you look at it you know the indian automotive and two wheeler industry has been one of the early adopters of 3d printing for prototyping and we have seen a slow increase in utilization of am for development of the ev segment as well so can you enumerate any noteworthy use cases of th- this technology for the automobile or two wheeler segment in india
2: Well, um, you're absolutely right that uh, the automotive industry uh, is one of those first industries which has started adapted 3D printing, primarily for their product development, R&D, and prototyping phase. Um, Since, you know, the technology is used predominantly even today on this uh, prototyping uh, and development phase, um, there's not much I could speak about because of NDAs, but companies like Hero um, Motors, Bajaj, Mahendra two-wheelers, all of them are using it in one way or the other. Even TBS Motors, for example, is using them in one way or the other. In general, I could say that uh, uh, a lot of these uh, 3D printing has been used uh, uh, in areas where uh, there are engine components. And especially this BS6, uh, uh, there's a lot of um, work with 3D printing helped the different organizations. Uh, Number two is uh, people also use them for investment casting uh, of uh, metal parts uh, very quickly, which they can do using polystyrene uh, as a pattern material. And uh, also, uh, in the last five years or last six years, there's been a big thrust in two major areas. One is spare parts, because as you see, a lot of these uh, models they have uh, has been in the market for quite quite long. And um, yeah, a lot of the motorcycles or cars don't get retired for more than 20 years. So you need spare parts. And today what uh, the automotive industries are trying to do is they're trying to see how they can use 3D printing to manufacture those spare parts without going into tool and die, so that's an area. In fact, uh, we even have a case study with one automotive companies where we were able to look into all more than a few thousand parts which they had as inventory, and then uh, we were able to uh, sort of identify close to 300 plus parts uh, which had both uh, technical viability and economical handshake. So uh, we were able to bring them into uh, what we call as digital inventory. So that's one area which most of the automotive industries are looking at. The second area which more from the supply chain is tool and die. For example, um, uh, injection molding and die casting are two areas where 3D printing has been adapted in a very big ways in production where uh, companies have uh, you know shown time and again uh, using these conformal cooling inserts they are able to reduce all sorts of quality issues uh, number one and number two is also reduce cycle time which gives them a big advantage also from a cost perspective so uh, yeah if you want to sort of list it down prototyping in the design in the r&d phase still, stands as one of the main drivers in automotive but second step is always the digital spreads and third is the tool and die industry very specific to injection molding and die casting
1: yeah that that gives us some deep insight on how uh, this industry is using uh, you know this technology if you look at the aerospace uh, industry it has also been one of the global early adopters of this technology uh, where where a lot of the OEMs and the, and the government brands as well across the world are using this, uh, you know, technology. So what's, what's your insight on, on the Indian market regarding uh, adoption of AM in aerospace?
2: Well, when if you look at the Indian market, um, where I, I mean, if I have to speak from a production perspective, the journey in production started with dental and then tool and dye. Where, uh, and in the year 2015, um, where Aerospace companies in India started to look into 3D printing. Uh, When I talk about aerospace, I'm talking about both local ones as well as the multinational companies like Honeywell, GE. So all of them were trying to use uh, 3D printing in India to develop or qualify some parts for actual production. And uh, from an Indian perspective, there's been a good adoption of 3D printing specifically by HAL on the engine side. Uh, If you look into the 25 kilonewton engine program, uh, they have tried to use the metal 3D printing for quite a good number of parts. Uh, And the same way, if you look into space applications, typically from the communication systems and from the uh, uh, engines, again, there's been a good adaption of these parts. I think... um, the two key reasons what why they tell us they want to use this one is definitely from the weight point of it, they're able to save a lot of weight, uh, you know, in the final part itself. And second is, since the number of parts needed are limited, I think uh, instead of using uh, tooling, uh, direct production of these parts makes a lot of sense for them. So. Uh, also, uh, since we always talk about spare parts as an interesting business, um, even the Air Force uh, today is trying to see how they can use uh, um, the 3D printed metal parts as a replacement for many of their uh, Russian spares, for which they getting those spares have become a big challenge. In fact, EOS was involved in a couple of exercises with the Air Force, where um they identified critical and non critical parts uh, for the, for the for trying to use them in 3d printing and uh, the non critical part uh, uh, i think it was a landing uh, part uh, which was supposed to surpass more than 30 landings but uh, i think uh, we were able to do more than 50 landings with using that uh, non critical part and of course the critical part has to be certified by Semilac, and um, we were able to uh, uh, demonstrate to Semilac as well uh, on the qualification and certification uh, of how the part can be certified for flying. And this is an elbow bracket for a Sukhoi-30 aircraft, which a replacement part is even in the press, which HAL had given. Uh, And um, now there's a lot of confidence with the Indian Aerospace uh, companies that these parts can be really used in real flights. So we've seen a slow adaption, but I really uh, am happy to say that the aerospace industry in India has been adapting it step by step, but still there's a long way to go in ensuring that uh, all the requirements of the uh, aerospace segment has to be addressed.
1: Yeah, it's good. To, it's good to know that you know our, the aerospace industry in India has also been uh, you know looking at AM as, as an interesting technology for their production. Uh, but what do you feel? You know, which other industries of the Indian engineering sector do you think are are kind of low hanging fruit or or should adopt and utilize AM in their manufacturing process going ahead? Since since the government is talking about a lot of local local manufacturing. Uh, you know, a lot of which will lead to local development. So uh, which industries do you think are right to kind of take up this technology?
2: Uh, One thing we have to remember is uh, 3D printing technology is not for an industry where there's lacks and lacks of parts needed. So only we should look into industries which have a limited volume, but at the same time uh, has challenges in manufacturing or lead time or supply chain or whatever it is. So when I look at it, uh, uh, definitely the power generation, oil and gas seems to be an area where there's a lot of requirement for spare parts. And lead times could be pretty long uh, in some of those things. So definitely uh, that is one industry where uh, the 3D printing can be used in a very big way. Uh, And uh, one of the big challenges in this industry, what we've seen is uh, the lack of digital data because a lot of these uh, you know, land gas turbines or uh, any of those parts in an oil rig or even um, the power generation areas uh, a lot of these equipments are coming from OEMs and many of these equipments have been uh, on on the field for more than 30-40 years and uh, the uh, OEMs have challenges supplying spares for that but the bigger problem is, even if with 3D printing, you need a digital data, you need a 3D model of those parts. And getting those 3D models reverse engineered, scanned to the uh, actual spec uh, is, is, is taking a lot of time. But this is an industry where the requirement is there, the volumes are perfect. And I think uh, this industry definitely could uh, grow quite big This number one. Number two definitely has been the medical segment, where we all know that uh, 3D printing plays a very big role in the um, um, implant segment, specifically in custom implants. Uh, I think um, if we have some clear guidelines there, more uh, surgeons would adapt um, 3D printing in their uh, mainstream uh, surgeries. So that's another area where I feel that uh, maybe in the next five years, India can be a very big market in the medical space Uh, because A, we have the population and B, I think uh, there are many, many cases of custom implants necessary. And these custom implants definitely reduces the hospitalization time, the surgery time of the patients and uh, it gives them a better life, you know, basically. When we talk about surgeries in uh, maxofacial, cranial, and all those type of uh, implants, and uh, lastly, uh, I think uh, we have a huge tool and die market. Tagma says uh, it's more than seventeen thousand crores. Uh, this industry, in my opinion, is also a sleeping giant, though there has been adoption in tool and die segment in uh, pockets here and there. Again, I would say the lack of learning, the lack of knowledge is one which is sort of keeping this large tool and die segment sleeping because they really uh, don't, uh, uh, don't have all the necessary knowledge to design these conformal cooling lines and to take it into production. So they always uh, talk from a cost perspective than from a value perspective. So, if only, you know, if India, Indian uh, designers and Indian tool and die manufacturers understand the value perspective, I think the uh, tool and dye industry itself can have a few hundreds of systems installed in India. So I, I think um, these three industries uh, are very big in India, and I think these three have a very high potential and uptake to use this technology and take it to the next level.
1: Yeah, that that gives a good uh, you know future uh, kind of roadmap for what yeah, you know additive manufacturing should be used for going ahead. But just you know one more question I'd like to ask you based on you know your uh, mention about the need for training or education. Uh, what what do you feel the you know the education ecosystem can do to help this? Because uh, a lot of the challenges are that each industry needs to be educated or trained better to adopt it better so what can the education what role can the education uh, industry or the in, institutes play here
2: see uh, when you talk about education what do i mean basically number one is um, if you talk from industries of direct part printing let's say aerospace oil and gas all these things the first basic thing is uh, we don't know which parts are good for 3d printing so this is the first step the because not all parts can be 3d printed so you really have to select the right parts and take them into this production process you know even in a development phase of any new vehicle or any new um, product there's a clear demarcation these parts are for casting these parts are for forging these parts go for machining based on the mechanical properties needed and based on the utilization. So in the same way, we have to also segregate that some of which are those parts, which can be taken for metal 3D printing or polymer 3D printing. This is number one. Number two is how to design for 3D printing, just like how you would design uh, a part for casting in a different way than a part for machining. Same way, we should also understand how we can design for 3D printing. So this is the second challenge. We call it DFAM, Design for Editor Manufacturing. Again, this is something which is not learned. This both are for direct part production. When it comes for tool and die, again, there is a, always a big question on how to design these conformal cooling lines and all those stuff. So like this, uh, these are the three basic uh, uh, for, you know, uh, foundation which needs to be learned. Learning how to operate a 3D printer if you ask me that's not very difficult. It's very easy. But the concepts of 3D printing has to be taught. So what I feel is uh, definitely the adaption will grow if uh, all the universities across India start to skill their people uh in these type of domains and even from the school levels the 3d printers can be you know brought into the curriculum for example if you see more if you look into the products which are coming out in the world more than 70 percent of the products uh, definitely has an indian who's sitting there and working on those designs so which means as a country we have very good design capabilities it's just that how we can take it to the next level in value engineering and production. Uh, we are we are not really focused there in a big way. So if education institutions, A, number one, comes forward and starts offering this, uh, this could be a long-term solution for the learning of the program. Number two is, I think many um, um, in institutes And even many uh, forums are trying to bring this 3D printing to the industries because this education institutions would be something which will focus on the students. But we need to focus also for the next five years. So from now to the next five years, I think uh, all these uh, uh, industries need to send their engineers to either, uh, you know, uh, companies which are offering such programs. And um, get their knowledge level up. And thirdly, uh, there are many um, institutes like CIPET, uh, IGTR. Uh, you know, so many of these uh, NTTF, all these type of uh, institutes, which are you know, people consider them as some of as the premier ones. You know, so they should also really focus on um, upskilling the people. In 3D printing, because a lot of them uh, have 3D printers in their facilities, but they should start offering a very clear uh, syllabus uh, which could make them more employable as they finish those courses. So, just teaching how 3D printing works uh, is not the solution. They should go into the crux of the training, which is predominantly, in my opinion, uh, selecting the right parts, uh, designing for 3D printing and designing the conformal cooling tooling uh, definitely would uh, help the adaption of 3D printing much better
1: that gives us a good uh, you know view of uh, a journey in terms of you know how the industry has evolved and which industries are really uh, adopting this technology and what what can be done in the future. So, thanks, uh, Mr. Anand for joining us for today for this discussion, and we look forward to connecting on many occasions uh, this industry provides us to connect. So, thank you. Thank you, Aditya.
0: That brings us to the end of this episode. Visit amchronicle.com for more updates on additive manufacturing and follow the Indian 3D Printing Network and AM Chronicle pages on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening.